This week's episode of the Stickers and Scuffs podcast, Cam K and Graydon Bunn, and our special guest, Andrea Lusk, is proudly presented in partnership with our friends at JRS Auction. JRS Auction's latest auction will go green starting May 24th at 9 a.m. and start its closing at 2 p.m. on May 28th. JRS Auctions is an online auction house that has several amazing items listed during each of their auctions. They routinely have cars, trucks, equipment, tools, collectibles, automotive decor, car parts, trailers, ATVs, and more. This week's auction is a spring classic and equipment sale and has some highlight items including a Hulk Hogan signed lunchbox, porcelain signs, jukeboxes, trucks, Harley Davidson motorcycles, dirt bikes, a 1971 Ford Thunderbird, a 1953 Mercury M100 pickup truck, a 1972 Camaro Z28 Pro Touring Car, metal pedal cars, tool cabinets, New Holland tractor, 1956 Dodge Crusader, a Dale Earnhardt pocket watch, and a 2000 three Chevrolet Corvette and a 1981 Cutlass Supreme. One of my personal favorites in this auction is a 1965 Chevy C10 truck. Make sure to check them out at jrsauctions.com and register for your chance to bid on these amazing items. We want to thank JRS Auctions for being this week's presenting partner of the podcast and for supporting our friends in the Oscar Hot Rod Series and CTE Racing with Connor Ellis. Hi, this is Mario Andretti. And you're tuning to Cam, Graydon, and the team as Stickers and Scuffs podcast. They're true Canadian racing fans. Everybody. Welcome back to the Stickers and Scuffs podcast. Cam Keg, Raiden Bond, and our special guest as we continue our Sunset Speedway month is uh, Andrea Lusk. And uh, coming off uh, a, a very busy week, I would assume, um, finishing up racing yesterday. Uh, first off, how did uh, the day go for you uh, yesterday at Sunset? Well, yesterday went really well. Uh, it was our first night for the Bone Stocks. Um, we only did one heat. They canceled the second heat, so we went right into features. So I got a second in the heat and third in the feature. Um, car wasn't handling the best, but we made the best of it. We have a little bit of work to do for next Saturday. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about your bone stock. Uh, what car is it? Where did it come from? And why are you racing in the bone stocks? Uh, so I have a shove Cobalt. It was built by Matt Boyce. So it's the former championship car from 2021. Um, so I started in bone stocks in 2018. I started in a Ford focus, um, moved up to, we built a neon and then it's, 
we just wanted to try something different, so we went to the Cobalt. Okay, now I saw Graydon's face light up as soon as you said the neon, because I think that's his like dream race car to drive. So they how was that are thing? notoriously good at being a bone stock race car. I don't. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what what was it like driving a neon then? Uh, <laughs> oh, Graydon. <laughs> <laughs> um yes we built the neon uh, from scratch um we brought it out in 2019 and cameron drove it and it was mm -hmm. really good car really fast um and then it was covid year we took the year off so i came back in 2021 with the, the neon um wasn't the best car for me we had a lot of issues for it um and by then everyone was on to cobalt so it was hard to keep up at that point so I drove that for one year and we're like, let's try something else. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's interesting because I guess we really don't really look into the types of vehicles that people use for bone stocks. So uh, is it just you kind of go with what everybody else is is driving? Is that kind of the best best choice? Yeah. So we built the Neon when there was a Neon as a top runner in bone stocks. We're like, we need a Neon. Um didn't work that great for us. Um, and then everyone was on a Cobalt, and that seems to be the best uh, package that we've found so far. And I like the Cobalt, and everyone seems to do well in the Cobalt, so I enjoy it. It goes to show that – sorry. Yeah, it goes to show just like the evolution of the automobile. I mean, yeah. they are road-going cars that eventually that whatever was cutting-edge technology in the era of the Neon that was a cutting-edge bone stock maybe a few years ago – the just off the shelf cobalts and and that type of thing are more competitive and readily available too. I mean, you, the the more we go ahead, the less available those uh, neons are too. <laughs> uh, but Andrea, you uh, you're a sorry. Uh, Sunset is your home track, and uh, I'd like to know what it's like as kind of a amateur racer what it's like to run a bone stock at sunset speedway because that's kind of a, a bucket lister for me uh yeah sunset has a lot of competition um mm -hmm. it's i think the bone stocks at sunset are one of the most competitive fields um last night or last season anybody had a chance to win any given night um so we had a lot of different drivers so it's really competitive um i hear sunset's one of the more harder tracks to drive i've only driven there but um, I really like it. It's always a challenge. Um, you always something new thrown at you, always learning more. So I really enjoy it. It's a very like high bank track and yeah. it's, you're always, yeah, it seems like you're always steering and you're always in traffic and it just seems, yeah, that it's not, uh, it's a, it's a great place to cut your teeth. I think, cause it seems like if you can go somewhere else, it might bode well for you. That that was your first track. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we hear we hear a lot of of racers, even as high up as Andrew Ranger in the Pinty series, say that uh, Sunset is just not a track that they do very well at. So, what is it that you think that is so challenging about this track? Because there are a lot of people that come there and just say, you know what, I struggle here. Yeah, a lot of people say it's more the challenging track. Um, I guess it's just the banking. Um, mm -hmm. but, um, there's always a lot of like side-by-side -side racing there as well so we've got the two lanes um, you always have a place to go so you're on the top or the bottom uh, whereas other tracks are more one groove 
Um, <laughs> but my Cobalt, I can drive it anywhere on the track. So it makes it interest- more interesting. <laughs> I see that's that's got to be fun, man. I mean, uh, Graydon's going to get his first opportunity to drive a bone stock at Delaware Speedway, but again, he's already talked about I want to race at Sunset Speedway. Um, how about yourself? Is do you want to travel outside of Sunset and maybe go to another track and race? Um, our schedule at Sunset's pretty busy, so it doesn't leave a lot of time. Um, I would like to try Peterborough at some point in my career. Um, it seemed like that's a track I would enjoy, but there's just uh, not a lot of time in our schedule to try different things. That's definitely true. But you were able to, you know, you had a third place finish in the points last year, got a couple wins under your belt. Obviously, like you said, the competition is fierce. Who do you have to go up against this year that you think is going to be really tough? Uh, there was a lot of good cars yesterday. Um, yes, there was. Yeah, I think we're really going to see like Brandon Steele in the 55 car, um, Jordan Owen. Uh, both cobalts um any cobalt is pretty much dominant at sunset so there's a lot of a lot of new drivers as well um and those more veteran drivers as well so there's going to be a lot of competition i think there's something that uh they talk about it on like the nascar broadcasts uh big time down south uh, and racing in general it's special to win on your birthday and you're one of those people what's it like to win on your birthday what an awesome birthday gift <laughs> yeah that was pretty cool um my sister told them it was my birthday so the whole crowd um did a happy birthday for me and it was rib fest at sunset so it was, it was a good night you better it's like better. being at Montana's, but like yeah. way better. <laughs> As you better gotten some free ribs out of that, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, we we always like to hear these stories about where and, and how people got involved in racing because it isn't in Canada. It, it really isn't a pastime. Uh, we we have lacrosse, we have hockey, we have basketball that uh, lots of people get involved into. So what was it for you that got you involved in, in racing, first off, just in general, but then coming to race a bone stock? Yeah, so I come from a long line of racers in my family. I grew up at Barry Speedway. Nice. Um, whole side of the family race. Um, so the English family, my cousin's Al English. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I have a lot of cousins, uncles. It's all runs in my family. I grew up at Barry Speedway. Um, when it closed, we moved to Sunset. Um, then I met Cameron. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he decided to take a year off. To We bought our house. Um, that's the same time the Bonestock Division started at Sunset. So mm-hmm. something I always wanted to do. never really thought it was realistic for me. Uh, when I saw the Bonestocks, I was like, okay, this is something I could do. So Cameron took some time off. I got into it. Uh, now we're both back at it. And and he's racing in the mini stocks this year. So again, the, the difference for the divisions is uh, what would be the two diff- the differences between those two divisions for people that don't know? Uh, so bone stock, you're really limited to what you can do to your car, suspension, okay. um, motor, things like that. Whereas the mini stock, you're more performance. So there's a lot more you can do for setup, suspension, uh, your motor, et cetera. Well, I guess the big question is, are you going to go to a mini stock at some point? Or are you going to stick um, with the bull stocks? We do have a mini stock. Okay. Uh, not ready. Uh, it's something we've thought about. I definitely think I will get there. Um, I like the bone stocks now. I'm comfortable where I am. Um, my first goal was just to win a feature. So we did that last year. Uh, now I want to try for a championship. So we'll see how this year goes. Maybe next year. We'll see. It's nice, like, 
to keep those goals sort of realistic and, uh, and the progression and whether you aspire to do it full time or, or just, just progress for as long as you kind of see yourself racing, it's, it's cool to be able to say, all right, this year, or last year it was win a feature this year i'm going to focus on on a championship and just kind of set those goals and it's it's a different mindset when you're just trying to win a race and then when you're trying to go after a championship you gotta have to adapt your your mental strategy to that and and points race if you will so how do you i guess that's it's just a matter of of mind over matter where you just have to say okay i'm i'm going after the big prize here right yeah, absolutely. You have to be consistent. Um, I've my five years of racing, I've been top five every year. So we've been really close. We've we've been there. Um, just gotta be consistent. And that's the good thing too, yeah. is that you you've done it for not just like a hot minute, but you've been into it four or five years and find out, okay, this year's just not a fluke or or like on either end of the spectrum. It's not a fluke that we have all this bad luck or it's not a fluke that we just backed into a win or something here or there. You have like a tried, tested and uh, notebook and everything too to build off of that. When you do take the next step, you feel confident in the fact that you're going to do that. Yeah, exactly. Nice. One of the things that we are really privileged with on this podcast is getting to hear so many amazing stories and, and meet so many great people. And there's some amazing people at sunset speedway um, that we met uh, in charge of an amazing program for women that we are so supportive of, which is the ladies of the oval um, uh, Randy and, and Samantha out at sunset speedway. And, and really it seems like sunset, you guys have a really strong female presence in the divisions. Like I, I think there is at least a female in every division out there. Um, and I'm just wondering what, what, uh, your thoughts are on the, the ladies of the oval program and exact and the representation actually out at, at sunset speedway, because I think I can think of it right now. I'm pretty sure there is a woman in every single division, which you can't say that for every track in Ontario right now. Yeah, we have a lot of females, uh, which is really good to see. Um, when I started in Bonestock, I was the only one, um, wow. Yeah, we have three or four on a regular basis now, but Randy and Sam do an amazing job to promote women in the sport. And it's just really good to have that. I mean, when they were coming up and racing, they didn't have anything like that. So it's good to have a program for women and for them to lean on and kind of have support that way as well. So it's really good to see at Sunset a lot of women and um, a lot of them were all pretty good friends. So it's kind of cool. We absolutely love seeing this type of thing. And, and you know what, to have uh, yourself going out there and, and winning races having young girls coming up even you've got um uh the captain morgan moore in the uh junior late models so again you have as you know young as the junior lates uh, more coming in and 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 that's so great to see i mean obviously a a program that helps women get out there onto the racetrack um what's your future goals obviously you said that uh, you want to win a championship this year and maybe the mini stock but is this uh, is this something you want to keep doing for for the next ten years, or is it something that uh, you know we'll we'll try and just see how it goes? Well, I'd like to do it for a long time. I mean, I've always been part of racing. I grew up at the track. Um, whether I'm there racing or just watching, I'm going to be there mm -hmm. anyways. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I hope racing's around for a really long time. Um, so I'm hoping to do it for as long as I can. 
it, it's an addiction, right? I mean, it's <laughs> it, it's once you're bit. I mean, it it just seems to the itch gets more intense that you need to scratch year by year or something like that. And I, I mean, I'm, I've only just begun in my perspective uh, in terms of the competition standpoint of it, but I mean, it's, you still get those feel like that. Do you do it every week when you come to the racetrack ready to race, you get like the butterflies and stuff, because even when I come to a racetrack just to watch one, I get kind of like the excited, like your stomach's like kind of all excited and stuff like that. But it, I mean, when you are, into a race car it's it's butterflies like intense nerves it, i'm speaking in my fear of the unknown in a lot of it but i mean do you get does that ever go away um yes and no um last year i wasn't that nervous uh coming into yesterday's race i was pretty nervous again once i get the kind of feel for it again it's okay um yeah, it's always there. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a good answer. Yeah. Yeah. And and as you said, like it it was something you didn't, you know, you always wanted to do. So one thing that we always want to put out there is, you know, bone stock seems to be you don't have to have a ton of experience. If you want to go and do it, you can do it. What's your advice to people um, if they're thinking about getting into bone stocks? Yeah, I really like the bone socks because there's always a chance to learn and grow. Um, you can make mistakes. You can learn from your mistakes. Um, there's a lot of other drivers you can learn from and, and you can pick up on them. Um, a lot of bone stocks, I feel, don't get enough credit. They're mm -hmm. just bone stocks. I mean, we work just as hard as anybody else. Um, so I feel like we deserve a little bit more credit. Um, we're still racers, but yeah, it's a good class to get started in. Um, when I first started, I really didn't know a lot. I couldn't even drive standard. I just kind of got out there and went. And to kind of see where I started and where I am now, like it's a whole growing experience and there's tons of room to learn there. And that's the same as any sport, right? Yeah. Like the the progression, like watching my kids play baseball or basketball year over year, you look to see where you were last year to where you are now. And every year you come back, you just – something just makes a little more sense or just the equipment's that much better that it's, it's backing you up. So you're not carrying your equipment or whatever the case may be. It just, it does keep you coming back for more. And it's, it's an awesome uh, sport to be a part of. And it's, it is a big family for sure. As much as you want to, I mean, we talk about this almost at nauseum, but like <laughs> your competition wants to, to beat you fair and square on the racetrack, but it is just like a big family in the pit area. Uh, it It's not always a happy family, but it is a family, right? Yeah. I mean, in bone socks, we're pretty much all friends. Um, whatever happens on the track, we usually can laugh about it afterwards. So it's good to have that, that friendship and like that family to go to afterwards. Well, we talk about family and I think, before we get to your your partners that 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 get you to the racetrack each and every week, um, I have to put a, uh, a, a a hypothetical out there. Uh, let's say that you have identical race cars and it's you and Cameron uh, one one against the other the other uh, in a fifty lapper. Who's winning? Oh, I want to say Cameron. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, that's definitely that's definitely being the humble take because I think you got uh, you got enough talent to be up there as well. But uh, I can do the front wheel drive. He's not as good at it. So <laughs> depends what we're in. 
There you go. Well, we'll just stick you, guys, yang, right? stick you guys both in junior late models, and then let's see how that goes, right? Um, yeah, like just like Amanda Balson, uh, they should get took a picture in, in Jake uh, <laughs> yeah. yesterday. So, um, but Andre, you've got a lot of great partners that help get you to the racetrack each and every week, and and we want to give you the opportunity to shout them out here on the podcast because without them, you wouldn't be able to do what you do best. Yeah, we are really fortunate. The car is full this year. We have a ton of new partners and existing partners. Um, first and foremost, a really metal fabrication has been with me since the beginning. They helped me out a lot. Uh, I wouldn't be able to do this without them. We've got Fourth the Metals, Mid Ontario Disposal, FMR, Smith and Stewart Realtors, JV Landscaping, Creatures Design, Willadell Family Chiropractic, Northern Joinery, Bolts Auto, and I just have to thank my dad. Um, Without him, none of this would be possible. I do the minor part compared to what he does for me and Cameron. So without him, none of this would be possible. So he works endlessly. Well, it's it's always what we like to hear. And, uh, you know, Sunset Speedway is the place to be in 2023. There is so much excitement, so much great racing. Uh, Even yesterday, I mean, just listening to track tune, Brendan calling all the action. I think mini stocks was a little out of out of hand yesterday, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) at least you guys had a nice uh, I think it was a it was I think it was green. It was green to checkered clean yesterday. Yeah. So bone stocks showing the more experienced drivers how to keep it clean <laughs> yesterday. But uh, Andrea Lass, thank you so much for coming on the, sh- the show and uh, best of luck for the rest of the season. Thank you. Thanks for having me.